Hello, and welcome to the Coronation Asset Management podcast series, where we discuss everything around wealth and investment management, identifying trends in financial markets, as well as topical themes. I'm Guy Chartaliski, Head of Research at Coronation Asset Management, and I will be your host steering these conversations. Today, we are talking about the impact of the general elections on the Nigerian economy and upon Nigerian investments. I am joined by Uzo Chukwu Nabwe, an economist with Coronation Merchant Bank. He has been studying and writing about the Nigerian economy for the past three years and holds an economics degree from the University of Nigeria in Suka. Uzo, you're very welcome. Thank you very much, Kaya. Happy to be here. I think we can start with Nigeria's position relative to other developing countries. The world is going through very tough times, as we all know, with banks going bust in the US and in Europe. But nobody thinks that this is happening to Nigeria. Nigeria appears to be on quite safe ground. Now, one way in which you can look at this is the Eurobond yield. This tells you how much foreign investors demand to be paid for holding our US dollar debt. The federal government of Nigeria dollar eurobond due in 2027 yields 12.8%. That is quite a lot, but nothing like what Ghanaian eurobonds yielded at the end of last year. They were yielding over 30%, and of course, the IMF had to come in and restructure both US dollar debt and locally denominated SEDI debt. So we're not in the danger zone. Uzo, what's your take on this? Um, you're absolutely right, Guy, that we are not in the danger zone. Um, from my vantage point, we see that the federal government has no plans to restructure any of its debts, and um, it has reiterated its commitments to meeting all its obligations. Um, however, um, given that um, inflation remains above target in most advanced economies, and um, central banks of those economies are likely to continue tightening monetary policy, um, we expect that um, eurobond yield will remain elevated for emerging economies um, like Nigeria. Um, so on the back of that, we do not um, expect that the federal government will be able to um, access the international capital market this year. And um, furthermore, you know, given our expectations of moderate growth and um, revenue on the performance, um, coupled with um, elevated inflation this year, um, we do not see upgrades for our sovereign um, credit risk ratings. And um, all, all this combined would um, um, ensure that um, yields remain elevated, particularly our bond yields. Well, thanks for that. Now let me be a bit provocative. The APC manifesto set out a program to achieve 10% GDP growth. That compares with a recent trend of around 3%. Now how does it get there? The manifesto wants to get to 10% growth through government spending. That, to my mind, is very ambitious. It would involve breaking through fiscal constraints and spending an enormous amount of money on things like infrastructure and housing. What's your take on that? You're right, Guy. The incoming administration plans to increase capital expenditure as well as implement a carboy ceiling on recurrent expenditure. Um, we see that some of the targeted infrastructure projects would include a national portable water supply campaign, the development of small-scale irrigation and water catchment system, as well as the rehabilitation of some of the country's highway systems. 
With regards to housing, the president-elect plans to review the Land Use Act and rationalize the land conveyance process. We expect that this would reduce costs and delays as well as promote efficient land use for investors and consumers. There are also plans to merge some federal agencies focused on home ownership into one entity. Um, the new entity would inherit um, existing housing authorities' functions and be adequately capitalized by the federal government. Um, we see that this incoming administration intends to collaborate with banks with regards to making provisions for affordable consumer loans that would encourage home ownership. Overall, their manifesto shows plans to strengthen the private sector um, in conjunction with an efficient government framework and the focus areas um, stretch across sectors such as agriculture, manufacturing, ICT, oil and oil and gas. Um, collectively, we see that these account for 62% of total GDP in 2022. Thank you very much. Okay, so that's very interesting and, and extremely helpful, but let me just continue to play devil's advocate here and, and see if I can test you again. Now, let's say the government goes out and spends an enormous sum of money, and that cannot be funded from the debt markets. So it will rely on unfunded spending in the same manner as the former British Prime Minister Liz Truss and her Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng tried to do in the UK last year. And as we know, that experiment failed because the markets rejected it. So a very large amount of unfunded public spending would probably have negative implications for markets. In my view, it would cause inflation to get much worse. I mean, look at Ghana, for example. But it is not clear that the government will go down this path. The manifesto might call for very high public expenditure, but the reality may be very different. We may see a much more conventional budget. Let's see what happens. Um, I, I agree with you that um, really expansionary fiscal budgets are likely to to be inflationary in nature. Um, however, the major thrust of this incoming administration's fiscal policy is basically to accommodate um, programs and projects for social and economic impact. Um, there seems to be a preference towards using fiscal policy to achieve various economic goals as opposed to over-reliance on monetary policy. Given the commentary around infrastructure development, we expect to see the ratio of capital to recurrent expenditure higher than current levels. We expect project financing to be in high demand during the BAT administration. And you are right that the spike in capital expenditure could impact deficit financing gaps. In that sense, we do not expect the FGN's borrowing targets to reduce in the medium term. This increased um, federal government borrowing is likely to push domestic fixed income yields higher, um, higher in, in the medium term. Well, we see that where possible, the administration plans to limit foreign currency-denominated debt to essential expenditures that cannot be adequately um, addressed by borrowing from the domestic market. In the long run, we see that debt sustainability ratios could be adversely impacted if um, revenue fails to grow significantly. Thank you very much. Another point to make is that after February 2015, and now we're looking back in time, it took a long time to appoint key ministers. It really was a matter of months until some key positions were filled. Now we're seeing ministerial positions being filled a bit more quickly. This is quite different. What's your take on that? This time around, unlike 2015, we expect the new administration to set up the cabinet in a timely manner. As the president has recently signed a new bill mandating presidents to name their cabinets within 60 days of taking the oath of office. I think that could be quite reassuring for investors. I think that would 
certainly give clarity and certainly in terms of who is being appointed and given their track records, we would know how some of these fiscal and economic issues would be dealt with ahead of time, which would be uh, stabilizing for the markets. Talking of markets, let's go back in time for a comparison. If we look back to the 2015 election, then the equity market was very nervous about a change in power. The equity market fell 20% in the run-up to the election, but traded up afterwards. This year has been very different with the equity market rising 8% ahead of the election. I think there could be some profit taking after the election, but I think it still could be a good year for the equity market. Now, if we look back four years of the 2019 elections, the equity market was much more relaxed about the election and actually appreciated 4% in the run up to the poll. But neither 2015 nor 2019, as we remember, were good years for the equity markets. 2023 looks a lot better because interest rates are quite low and there is quite a lot of earnings growth. Our study on this, which we published two months ago, shows that the average earnings growth for the top 20 companies listed on the NGX exchange is 18% this year. So there's some good earnings growth and as well as dividend yields to look forward to. So there's some good growth in terms of earnings and also some interesting dividend yields to look forward to. Narrow fixed income yields have been depressed in the first few months of the year. That was because of two things. The first was the redemption of FGM bonds and narrow T-bills that drove down yields to begin with, uh, and that's still holding yields quite low. And then the second factor uh, is the withdrawal of old banknotes. Now, these banknotes then flow into the banking system. They become deposit accounts or current accounts. The banks are therefore very liquid. Something like 2.5 trillion Nara have been withdrawn in, in notes uh, over the period from October to the end of February. And therefore, the banks are liquid. And then for uh, that depresses yields and T-bill yields have come down. And I think that depression of yields would be a characteristic of the market for the first three or four months of this year and then after that um, and as you've described we expect the federal government of nigeria to start funding again so to come out of the market and issue bonds uh, particularly fgn bonds and t-bills again in quite large volumes and of course it'll have to pay for that so therefore uh, the market will demand higher rates and therefore the rates will begin to go up in the second half of the year in that sense, I think 2023 could be very much like 2022, rates quite low in the first part of the year, then rising through the second half of the year. But I also think the rates on average are going to be somewhat higher and rather more attractive for investors in 2023 than they were in 2022.